It's one of the things I love about our father in the Lord and his beautiful wife is because they always give us TP anytime we come to church. They give us TP. How many of you testified to that? They give us TP. What, what is TP? That's, um, what's that, what's that? TP is what? Transport, right? They give us transport every time we come to church. The same way Jesus gave his disciples and apostles transport. They give us transport every Sunday. I, 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 you're looking at me. I, is that not true? They give us transport every Sunday. They give us TP every Sunday. When you hear the word transport, that's not what you that's not what I mean. TP, they give us TP. TP. They teach well and they preach well. That's one thing I love about these people. They know how to teach, they know how to preach. And that was the same thing our Lord Jesus did. Jesus teach and Jesus preach. When Jesus began his ministry, the Bible said how God anointed him and then he began to preach. The Bible said he entered into the land and he, he, said, he said repent for the kingdom of God has come. Now the original translation is not what you have read. The original translation repent, what does it mean? It means to turn from the wrong way into the right way. That's what repent means. And then the kingdom of God, the original translation is makut. Katu, makut means the sovereignty of God has come to live inside of you. So when Jesus said repent for the kingdom of God has come, he's saying Jesus was smiling. That's good news. He said turn your gaze from the wrong way into the right path for the, for the sovereignty of God has come to live inside of you. That was a new civilization. It has never happened before. That was the first and the only time that it will ever happen in the civilization of humans. Shout amen to that. Shout amen to that. So they know how to teach because Jesus was teaching and preaching. And that's what Jesus did to us. He commanded us. He said in the, in, the, in the Great Commission, He said, go in therefore, go into the world, preach and teach, preach and teach, preach and teach. Teach in the Greek word means didasko. And what does it mean of didasko? To teach, to instruct, to educate. Are you following me now? Are you following now? So he, 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 he enjoined us to teach, to teach. That is why he says study, study, not to read. He says study to show yourself approved. As a workman, wouldn't it not to be ashamed? Rightly dividing God's word. He's talking to us, he's talking to us. So we can be able to teach properly. That's teaching. And the word preach is, 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 is in two Greek words. One of it is keriso and the other one is euangelizo. Keriso means to announce, to proclaim. And it depends on what you are proclaiming. In our words today, they have, you know, you know, keriso has been bastardized because they're trying to look at the standard of Jesus. It has been bastardized. You see a man come and he's carisoing. He's announcing to you things like this. Uh, uh, if, you, if, if you don't repent, you are going to go to hell. That's bad news. You are just announcing. You are announcing nothing. You are announcing nothing. We have moved from that civilization into a new civilization. For example, you come and say, eh, 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 miracle money is real. Yes, we know. Miracle is real. Money is real. But miracle money, no, no, no. No, no, no. We are sound people of doctrines. We have read in the new covenant that there's nothing like that. It's an unsound word. Are you following me now? It's an unsound word. You don't come to church for gyration. You come so that you be fed properly. Are you there? So that you know what to do, how to do, when to do it, and where to do it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you with me now? You see that word now? So, it's cariso. It has been bastardized. That was not what Jesus meant. If you are cariso, you are supposed to be smiling. You are pronouncing. And the other word is euangelizo. And euangelizo means to pronounce, to announce the gospel. You see the difference now? One is just to announce. Some people will come, they announce themselves. 
teachers tell us about their story from A to Z. One hour in church. No, that's not what church is meant for. We are supposed to evangelize. The word is evangelize. You are supposed to announce, to pronounce, to proclaim the gospel. The gospel. That's what we are called to do. You see, now? you see why I love these people? Because they do what Christ do. They teach, they teach, and they preach. That's what God has called you to do. And that's what salvation is about. You are saved so that you can preach and teach the same that was saved of you. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. So if we say celebrate, celebrate, celebrate this one because of the mighty grace that's upon their life. So it doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter what men has called you. It doesn't matter what they have seen you the way you are. In fact, it doesn't matter what you have. Focus on what you have. Leave the things that you don't have. Many people focus on what they don't have. Forget. Focus on the things you have. If you have big head, focus on it. One day, big head will be needed. If you have long leg, focus on it. Don't be looking at, oh, what, what do I have long legs? I have short legs. No. If you are horrible, you know, celebrate yourself for that. Jesus did not come to save only the lepers. He saved both your robots and all that you can think of. Somebody in church? Say amen. Don't sleep. Don't sleep on this. Don't sleep on this. That's what we are talking about. Salvation is forever. You've got to be sure about your salvation. And our Father, the Lord, has laid foundation. What part of salvation don't you understand? Is salvation. Can a man lose his salvation? Hear me. I want to hear me because attention to details is one of the greatest skills a man can ever possess. You have to pay attention to details. Attention to details have landed some people into prison because they fail to pay attention to details. So pay attention to details. That's what Jesus taught us. Praise God. I said praise God. Amen. Don't worry, don't worry. Where we are going this far? Eh? So, what part of salvation don't you, don't you understand? Salvation, we are sure. We have got to be sure of our salvation. In fact, we are sure of the salvation of this, of us. I mean, uh, uh, of our salvation. What part of salvation don't you understand? Can a man lose his salvation? Yes. Yes. If his salvation is his own. If it's his own, yes, he can lose it. The Bible says in Proverbs 14 and verse 21, he said, there is a way that seemeth right in the eyes of a man. He said, the end of it is destruction. What shall it profit a man that gains the whole world and loses soul? In other words, a man can lose his, his salvation if that salvation is his own. Whatever you keep, you lose. Whatever you give, you gain. You keep. We are, I mean, we are combining the civilization of heaven and that of earth. You think, Jesus, you think God is playing? No, God is not playing. It's a, it's a serious matter. And God is intentional about everything that he does. Can a man lose his salvation? Yeah, if it is his salvation. But the question is, can a man lose salvation? No! No, he cannot because the salvation is not his own. It's not his own. He was not born when God cut a covenant with himself. He cut the covenant with, he cut the covenant with man, man fail. He can never fail. He said, no, this cannot continue. So what did he do? He cut the covenant with himself. You were not there. You were not born. You are only a benefactor of that work called salvation. Just come. A benefactor. Praise God. So the way we are sure that our salvation is sure is because, number one, because of the Father. Because of the Father. The Bible, as we have read, I mean, as we, as we studied last Sunday, the Father gave us. He born us again. We become the sons of adoption. 
In other words, once a son, forever a son. You cannot unson your son or undoctor your daughter. It's not it. Well, forget the nonsense that's going on around. I say, I, I disown you. I defather you. That is nonsense. That is the perforated. That is the fake. That is the refurbish of the original. The original is that once you give birth for your son or your daughter is forever. No matter what. It doesn't matter their behavior. They can do things bad. They can do all manner of trash or mess. But guess what? You do not you do not unson or undaughter them. Why? Because it is not about their behavior. It's about their position. That's why God loves us so much. It was not about our behavior because before it used to be our behavior. God already finished that on the turn on the cross of Calvary. Now it's about our position. A servant we always do things to ensure that he gets the favor of his master. Am I correct? Because if he doesn't do well, they will sack him and bring someone else. That's a servant. But a son does not need to do anything because it's his own. It's his own. That's why God moved us and translocated us from the region of the law. The law serves servants. We are no longer servants. We have moved into, we have been translocated into the tent of grace. And that tent of grace is where we become sons and daughters for God. Somebody shout amen. Shout amen to that. So if you want to, if you want to hear the full package, just go online on YouTube, Epicenter Church. At Epicenter, you find that message there. What part of salvation you do not understand? Today we are looking at professors or and possessors. Turn to someone, tell the person, say there are possess, there are professors of salvation. Turn to the person, say there are professors of salvation, and there are possessors of salvation. The same way we have professors of women affairs. A guy will have 17 girlfriends and then he has seen three that is looking, want to cover new grounds, making 20. Or a lady who have side, I mean, uh, uh, big baba, I mean, big man uh, beside. You see that? The same way we have that, we have professors of salvation. Somebody shout amen to that. Shout a better amen. Now, let's go. If you buy a product, let's say an electronic or gadget uh, or an equipment, and they will give you something called guarantee. Am I correct? The guarantee is a letter or a paper which says that if that product is not working well, what do you do? You return it back. They either give you back your money or they give you another product. Are you with me? So the only thing that guarantees that exchange is called the letter. The letter of guarantee. If you lose it, you lose the deal. Am I correct? Oh, am I correct? Okay, let's say you book a flight with an airline and perhaps you have, they've given you your seat. Let's say your seat is A20. For those of you that have fly airlines before, they gave you your seat. They guarantee you a seat. Now you're in a hurry. You have a meeting in Abuja or in Lagos and you go to the airport. They told you clearly and say, oh, sorry, sir. The flight that you book, uh, uh, we have misplaced it. Uh, we have given it to someone. Huh? Bros, you have forgotten. You have forgotten that sometimes guarantee is worthless. It's worthless and can never be relied on. Are you seeing that now? Are you seeing that now? The problem we have in our world today is that man has equated, or man is equating the sovereignty of God with that of man. They want to equate how man do things and the ways God do things. The Bible said the ways of God are not man's way. Your ways are not my way, said the Lord of hosts. Are you with me? Where in our society today, you hear the word, uh, 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 you, you, you hear, forget about that thing. Uh, if you buy fake and real and the original, all are the same thing. For example, um, you buy iPhone 13 Pro Max from Amazon or you bought it from Jumia, 1.2 million. 
I mean, and then another person bought his own in Alaba market. He bought it for 300,000. Excuse me, sir. Forget about that thing. iPhone is iPhone. Don't give me that. This iPhone is empty. Excuse me, sir. iPhone is not iPhone when it comes to the kingdom of God. They are not the same. Are you with me? They are never the same. That's not correct. That's not correct. One is Chinko. One is the one is original. I don't know if you have Chinko iPhone here. You have Chinko. <laughs> Praise God. You cannot equate the civilization of heaven and the civilization of earth. Of earth. One of the greatest civilizations God gave to us was Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus Christ. Ah, don't sleep on this. Don't sleep on this. God gave mankind his gift, his best and only gift. He presented it in a simple way. He said, just believe. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. He loved them so much that he gave his only and best gift. So whosoever believe, the word believe is an everyday language. Believe, believe, believe. You receive by believing. That's the only God. Jesus doesn't say, just believe. Just believe. Just believe. Believe will take you through the doorway, through Christ, into your dwelling place in heaven. Some people say that heaven is at last. No, sir. Heaven is now. Heaven is now. We read this morning that we are seated in, in the heavenly places with who? With Christ Jesus. Heaven is not somewhere. It's now. It's now. Your business, whatever you're doing, you are enjoying heaven there because Christ is the container of heaven. Somebody shout amen to that. So Jesus was the greatest civilization. If not for Jesus, we would have been wasted, dejected, rejected. But we have, we have seen that we are not rejected because of the grace of God. Somebody shout amen to that. Another civilization of heaven that can never be contaminated is the righteousness of God. Righteousness. Man say, no, there's no God. God is too big to him. He habit a mere man. What was I telling me? God is too big. Even Job said that. He said, what is man? Only God is righteous. God said, not true. Not true. Not true. That is pride. That is pride. And what is pride? Pride is that you are not accepting what God has called you. God has called you something. You say, no. God came to through the angel, he came to Gideon. He said, man of valor. Gideon said, ah, the man of valor. No, 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 I'm a small boy. Gideon, we recorded that he was a short man. He was a short man in his life. In fact, he was forgotten. He was the last in his home. But God came to say, man of valor. Man of valor. He said, me? No, no, I can't be man of valor. His situation around him has belittled him. He has entered into his mind. He has turned to his belief. And he's, he's making him to act that way. And as he's acting that way, he's getting a wrong result. But the angel of the Lord appeared to him. and said, no, your time has come. Suddenly, when he realized and accepted what God has called him, the Bible says he went into his father's house, dropped down all the boughs, he burned them and stood there. I said, Let anybody come and ask you. The next morning, they said, What I've done is they see the man there. He said, This is me, come, come and come and do yours. Why? Because of the grace of God, it has made him too bold. God appeared through the angel, he appeared, he appeared to Mary and said, Ah, thou beloved, full of grace. Mary said, oh, I'm humble, please don't call me that. God said, No, that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. Salvation has given you a logo called righteousness. And if you read your scripture very well, the Bible recorded in, in Genesis about Noah, when God was about to wipe out all the whole earth. The Bible said, and he gave Noah an instruction. He said, build an ark and tell people to come. Anybody that comes, they are saved. Noah did that. Nobody, only him and his family. That day God called him righteous. He said, I found no one, only you that's righteous. Only you that's righteous. God called him. Why? Because he believed God. We know of our father Abraham. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. God called him righteous. Abraham was a sinner. He lied. He did a lot of things. But God, hold on to that word called the heavenly language. Believe. Believe. Praise God. Praise God. Another, another civilization is salvation. Uh, is salvation. Man said, Lord, I'm drowning. Give me a rope. God said, I've already thrown the rope. Man said, where? Where? God said, there. There. 
He said, there where? And the man looked at it. He said, ah, this common thread, this sewing thread, you truth. God, what's all this? What do you call me for? God said, why do you forsake me? I've given you all you need. Praise God. Praise God. So Jesus Christ is righteous. He offers salvation to all of all those who are unrighteous. And then we became benefactor of righteousness. Praise God. Lift up your hands. Say, I'm righteous. I'm pure. Say it, say it, say it, say it. I'm clean. I'm sparkling because I'm in Christ. If Jesus had not died and resurrected, we, that would have been our guarantee that all of us, plus including the patriarch, would have gone to hell. Are you with me? Would have gone to hell. In fact, would have gone to the gate of heaven. And then the next thing you will hear, they look at you, your name is not there. Sorry, next. Oh, sorry, next. Sorry, next. So are you telling me that the language of heaven would have changed to sorry, next? Sorry, next. Imagine Abraham, our father, coming to heaven and they looked and said, oh, your name, no reservation. Next. And they called Paul. Sorry, next. No reservation. Peter. Oh, sorry, next. No reservation. Uh, Sino. Sorry, next. No, no reservation. Chukudi. Sorry, next. No, no. no. Are, you, are you joking? That is impossible. Never. It can never happen. The Bible is our validation. We hold on to him, the word of his grace. Give me Revelation chapter 19. That's why when we come to God's presence, we, we give up all. We forget about what you have and focus on him. Give me Revelation 19. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Revelation 19. See how what God showed on to John about the civilization of heaven. Look at this. After this, I heard a sound like a roar of a great multitude in heaven. Shouting. Follow this. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Salvation and glory and thanks to God. Yes. He said, for true and just are his judgment. He has condemned the great prostitute. That's the devil. Who corrupted the earth with, his, with her adultery. He has avenged her with the blood of his servant. Yes. Look at it again. They shouted, hallelujah, hallelujah. The smoke from her has gone up and ever. Look at it because salvation. Heaven is shouting hallelujah. Yes. The 24 elders this time around, the 24 elders and the four living creatures, they fell down and they worshiped God. Who seated on the throne and they cried, Amen, Hallelujah. Are you seeing this now? Then a voice came from the throne. He said, Praise our God, all you his servants, who feared him. That's us, both great and small. Next. Then I heard that it sounded, I mean, I heard it sounded like a, like a great multitude, like the roar of erosion wa uh, waters and like a loud pierce of thunder. Nest shouted, Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns forever. Are you seeing this now? If Jesus had not died, the language of heaven would have been sorry. That's no reservation. But because he died, Hallelujah is what is the language of heaven. Hallelujah is the language of heaven. That's how we come to church. Hallelujah is no, we're not, we're not in a chilling mood. We shout hallelujah with an understanding. Somebody shout amen. Do you know that there's a practice that is called burying the hallelujah? Burying the hallelujah. What does that mean? It means that we only shout hallelujah on Easter day when Jesus came out of the grave. After Jesus came out of the grave, hallelujah goes back to the grave. There are churches, I will mention, there are churches, those who, are, who profess that they follow Christ, they buried the hallelujah. Is somebody in church? Somebody in church? Shout amen. What an ignorance. The scripture is our validation and our guarantee for salvation. For salvation. Tell somebody beside you, God wants you to possess salvation.
to profess salvation. Are you, are you, are you seeing that now? Let me show you something from scripture. What was the plan of God in his mind? Give me Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. The Bible recorded that before this point, the people, there was nothing. There was nothing like man. It was only God. It was only God. Just before this point, it was only God. And then God did something. He found man. Man was nothing. Man had no life inside of them. And then the Bible said, and the Lord God found man out of the dust of the ground. Next. And breathed into his nostril. Follow this. God breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And man became a living being. Are you following that? So in Genesis, that is in the old civilization, God breathed his life into man. So it means that man was not supposed to die. Man was supposed to live forever. Are you with me? It was he was supposed to live forever. But something happened when man relinquished his authority onto the serpent. What happened? There was a truncation between the life that God came. There was a corruption. That's why the Bible said that we are now born of a seed that's incorruptible. There was a seed in us called the called the breath of God. That seed was corrupted in Genesis that we just read. It was corrupted. Because man relinquished their, their authority unto the devil. Do you know that man is the one that, that produced the devil? It's man that created the devil. The Bible talked about Lucifer. That became that was cast out, it became set up. Are you with me? Follow this carefully. I'm going somewhere. The breath of, of God was corrupted in the mind of people, I mean, in the mind of man, and there was a separation between God and man because of that. In other words, that separation brought about evil, and that separation produced death. Are you with me now? Are you, are, 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 are you with me now? That separation produced evil and death. Look at it. Anything that's that is alive. That has a life is supposed to live. L I V E is supposed to live. Are you with me? When man relinquished their, their, their authority, what happened to life? Look at this word. If you look at the word L I V E, when you reverse it, what happened? You see the word evil. You see the word evil because man disobeyed. Disobeyed. The Bible says, by one man, by one man disobedient, sin entered the world. That is evil. Are you seeing that now? Are you seeing that now? I see that now, and then it produces death. If you remove the word D and you add it to evil, what does it produce? It produces devil. What is devil? Devil means personal personification of evil. That is evil in person. Are you with me now? And God, from that day in this verse, God said, Never, 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 I will change the status quo. I will change, I will change the civilization. And God began to plan. And what is God to do? Follow this carefully. Follow this carefully. In the new covenant, God changed this. God did not breathe into man. When he came to man, God carried his spirit and gave it to man. There's a difference between breathing. That's why you see have sinners in the world. They have the breath of life. But now we don't have the breath of life. We have the life of God. God carried his life, his spirit, and gave it to us. Are you with me? Are you, are you seeing that now? That's where you can produce the word salvation. What is salvation? Salvation is God giving his spirit to man. At this point, God did not need to save man, but it was truncated. Salvation was battered. Someone shout amen. Shout amen. So the civilization changed. Remember, whatever you keep, you lose. Whatever you give, you keep. God knew this. He said, what? I need to change this. I need to change this. I need to change this. Praise God. 
And if you read from scripture, there are four kinds of civilization. Number one, we have the pre, we have the pre-creation before God. The Bible says in the beginning, which means that there was something before the beginning. And John gave us a glimpse in John chapter 1 and verse number 1. Before God, something was, God will occur. Before the beginning, God occurred. So we can only know that revelation in Christ Jesus. That is why Paul called it the revelation of the knowledge of Christ. Are you with me now? Then we have the civilization in creation. That's when God created the heavens and the earth. God created man and man misbehaved, gave the authority to the devil. And then Babylon was born. Are you with me? And then we have another civilization called the old covenant under the law. The people say, no, Lord, we are tired of free food, free money. Give us law. God said, what? No problem. Take the law. The law came and look at the law. The Bible said the law, it, it is holy. It is, it is righteous, but it can never make any man righteous. That same truncation in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, it was not able to do that. But thank be to God, a new civilization came called Jesus Christ. He came under the new covenant and he gave us life. Oh, are you with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Solomon, some of you are wondering, I'm talking about civilization. What is civilization? It is a stage of spiritual, human, uh, social development uh, that is considered to be the most advanced. The most advanced. The law is advanced, but it's not the most advanced. The priest that you find today, they are advanced, but they're not the most advanced. The most advanced is our high priest called Jesus. And it was manifested by the love of God. I'm telling you how God loves us so much when it comes to this idea called salvation. That a man can never lose salvation if you know what you are doing. Are you following me? Jesus is the most advanced. He was obedient to death. Ensure that you and I obtain that. Yeah, oh my God. Hallelujah. 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 Now let's go to scripture. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. I told you, I say salvation is God giving his spirit to man. Go. I need to be fast, please. Okay, whatever God has promised, get stamped. Okay, whatever God has, has promised, we are reading the message. Whatever God has promised, get stamped with yes of Jesus in him. This is what we preach and pray. The great amen. God's yes and our yes together gloriously evident. Guess it. There are three yes that's mentioned here. The yes of Jesus, the yes of God and the yes, our yes. Salvation cannot be complete without these three. God gave his son. Jesus obeyed and came to us. But I need to say yes for me to come into it. Look at it. It is mentioned there. Follow this carefully. I want to show you that you, you are inseparable. The scripture is our validation. We are inseparable when we are saved with God. Now, uh, go, go, to, uh, go to Hebrews chapter 13. I want to show you something. When this, I want to explain the scripture. Hebrews 13. Oh, Shalaman and Topala. Something was said, was said concerning our life. Look at it, follow this carefully. I'm trying to explain that. The writer of the, I mean, of the, the Hebrew writer was trying to explain salvation. Then he brought it into marriage. Now, marriage shall be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. Now, this uh, okay, for God will go, 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 just go. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Now go back, go back, go back, go back. 
When you hear this word, you see the scripture is vast. The scripture means one thing, as long as it is routed to Jesus. Everything that was written according to the volume of the book, it was written about Jesus. Everything you are doing must be centered on Jesus. Are you with me? Are you getting something this morning? I want you to, I want you to, I want you to blow in the eruption of the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it will help you. Look at it. And it said marriage. In the original translation, in the Greek, the word marriage here, it means gamos. Gamos. What does it mean? It means of uncertain affirmity. What does the meaning of uncertain affirmity? What does it mean? It means a vessel. A vessel that is pure, that is clean. It means an equipment that is classic and can do almost everything. Then literally, it means a wife. A wife. And a wife can only, is one that has the capacity by heaven to become a bride. It also means a bride. A bride. And anytime you see a bride, you see what? A bridegroom. So in other words, Jesus is automatically in this place. Come, my brother, come. Oh, come. So if you see a bride, this called marriage, just say bride. Just say bride. So we, 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 they were redeemed. The Bible said we are the bride. The scripture equate marriage with, 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 with the kingdom. Christ is the head and Christ is the bridegroom and we are the bride. Follow this carefully. So we are the bride. Give me Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 3. The Bible said something. I tell you that you don't have a life. You have a life in him. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 3, go, go next. The Bible says, for we died, for we died. Our life, our life is now hidden in Christ and in God. I'm trying to explain this word marriage. Are you seeing that now? We die, we have no life. A new life was given unto us. We enter into Christ. We are now married. We are now married into Christ and God, God covers us. Are you with me now? I'm trying to explain what salvation is to you. That's what this man is trying to explain. And God covers us. Nothing can separate us. What shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Shall tribulation try us? Nothing. Shall anyone can shall see? No. Nothing shall separate us because we are married to him. I think that. So when the Bible said in that, in that, go back to the next, to, I mean to where we are reading. When the Bible says marriage should be kept honorable, it means that Jesus is honorable. Now we are redeemed. We have his life. We are honorable. Now we stand with him together. Nothing can separate us. I think that now. And then marriage bed should be kept undefined. Anytime you hear this word kept undefined, it means that it means salvation. Give me first Peter chapter three. Or chapter one, verse three or so. Look, follow this carefully. God wants us to possess salvation. That's why he did hard work. Hard work to ensure that we get it. Are you seeing that? He said, blessed. Remember, I'm still in Christ. I'm in Christ. I've become the body part of Christ. Blessed be God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who according to his abundant mercy. Has begotten us. Again, that is he has given us a new life. To a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Next to an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefined and does not fade away. It's reserved in you for every, I mean, for, I mean, in heaven for you. Next. Who are kept by the power of God. Look, we are kept by the power of God through faith in salvation. In other words, salvation is what gives me access to Christ. Without salvation, I wouldn't have come to Christ. And I can't have salvation until I believe. I believe I enter into Christ. I am inside Christ. Somebody say, I'm inside Christ. I do like Christ. I have. I am the body part of Christ. Are you with me now? You see, the life we don't have it is not the life of Christ Jesus. So when the Bible talk about marriage to be honorable, me and Christ, we are honorable, nothing can separate us. And then he said, the bed on the fire, the salvation is the bed in which me and Christ we are enjoying ourselves. 
are, are you with me now? Nothing shall separate us from that same love that we have. Remember, salvation is not your own. If it's your own, you will lose it. But if it's not your own, which is Christ, you keep it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Are you seeing that now? So our yes, the yes of Jesus, the yes of God, and our yes is what consummate us, as I just explained now, is what consummate us together. Oh, oh. Praise God. Now let's look at, look at, look, go back to that same scripture that we're reading. About, I mean, give me King James now. Give me King James. King James. For all the promises of God in him are yeah and amen. And unto the glory of God the Father by us. Yes. Now, he which established us with you in Christ has anointed us as God. Yes. Who has sealed us and given us the earnest of the spirit in our heart. Are you seeing that now? The earnest of the spirit means the proof of the spirit. The seal of the spirit. Are, are you with me now? with me now. So by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I have a life and God fulfilled this promise that was mentioned in scripture. In other words, I can say that salvation is God giving his spirit to man. Are you with me now? Salvation is giving you, God carried his spirit and gave it to you. That's why you are eternally, you are eternally secure. So in other words, do you know that we can conclude to say that salvation is the gift of the spirit? You have the gift of the spirit, which is called salvation. Praise God. So, he didn't die to make good people, I mean to make bad people good, but to make dead people come alive. You don't need to save someone who is doing pretty well. You do not need to save someone who is competent. To save a person is not to offer an advice. to say Someone who needs salvation is lost, incapacitated, and is in immediate of perishing. But help came. But help came. So salvation is not like you throwing rope to a person who is already drowning. No. Salvation is that Christ gave us his spirit. He gave those who have drowned. He's giving his spirit to people who have drowned. Who have died. Who have died. Who have died. Who have died. So it is clear that God wants us to possess salvation. Shout amen. Shout amen. Say I'm eternally saved. Say I'm eternally saved. I'm righteous before God. Because I am his righteousness. Because I have his spirit. Somebody say amen. Now, there are two objections to the belief that Christians cannot lose their salvation. There are two objections. Number one, what about Christians who live a sinful, unrepentant lifestyle? What happens to them? Follow this carefully. That's number one objection. Number two objection, what about Christians who reject the faith? Or Christians, follow this, or Christians who backslide or Christians who deny Christ. Now, the problem with this objection is that there is an, is an assumption that everyone that is called a Christian or anyone that calls himself a Christian is born again. That is fallacy of misplaced concreteness. It's a fallacy. Not everyone, not everyone. First John chapter 3 and verse 6. Hear what the Bible says. Not everyone. No one who abides in him 
keeps sinning. Look at it. No one who abides him keeps sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Are you seeing that now? Is it clear now? Not all Christians, not all Christians are born again. No one who abides in him continues to sin. In other words, when you say you abide in Christ, you cannot continue to sin. It is impossible because you have a new life. And that life, God gave it. He gave his, himself to you. Remember, it's your spirit that is born again by your flesh. Someone said, but, but Christians sin. You look at it, the Bible says, if keep sinning, keep sinning. Once you have the life of Christ, that consciousness, this real life of Christ, that consciousness came upon you. You cannot keep sinning. It is impossible for you to keep sinning. If you keep sinning, it's because you have not yet known him. Or you have not yet seen him. Are you seeing it now? Now give me First John chapter 2 and verse 19. The second assumption that all, 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 all about those who deny Christ. I don't know. They are Christian, but they deny Christ. They are they backslide. Look at it. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Because they, came, because they came out of us does not mean they are of us. For if they had been with us, they would have continued with us. Are you seeing that now? Not everybody who come to you are your friend. Am I correct? Am I correct? Some people are camouflaged. They come to you and they try to deceive you. Whether your business, they come to try to twat, to twat, to twat, to twat, to twat. Are you seeing that now? So a person may be religious. He may be a good person. In fact, he may put up a good show. But he was never born again by the power of God. By the power of God. So I discovered that it is one thing to accept Christ. It's another thing to receive Christ. That's why, you see this language for accept Christ. See, there's one thing to accept Christ. There's another thing to receive Christ. I'm going to explain to you. To accept Christ is to acknowledge him. I can accept a person or accept a thing, but I do not agree with it. Are you with me? Even demons do that. You see, to receive Christ is to accept him first and then to submit to him next. And then you possess, you come into possession of what he has. That is how to receive Christ. Uh, accept Christ. No, that is wrong. Literally wrong. You receive the life of Christ. Give me James chapter 2 and verse 18 and 19. Look at it. So you don't accept Christ alone. James, James, give me James 2. Huh. Praise God. I say praise God. I say praise God. You can believe all that you want. I'm reading here from TPT. You can believe all that you want. That there is only one true God. That is wonderful. But even demons. Look at it. Even demons. Seventeen. Start from 17. I say 17 to 18. I mean from 18, right? Is this 18? But someone might object and say that one person has faith. Another person has work. Is that what you're reading? James 2. He said, you may believe all that you want, that there's only one true God. But even the demons, they know this and they tremble. They fear him. But they remain the same. They remain demons. You see that now? It's one thing to accept. It's another thing to receive. For example, I gave an example. You may buy iPhone 13 Pro Max from uh, Amazon or you buy it from Jumia. And then what do you do? 
you receive, you, I mean, you accept it by signing and say, I accept it. Now, guess what? If you carry the iPhone inside his carton and you are going about and he ask you, do you have iPhone? Say, yes, I have iPhone. That is, that, is that correct? You are carrying iPhone about with your carton. You have not opened it. You have not checked it. You have not used the feature. Forget it. Praise God. I say, praise God. You will call such kind of person a, a crazy person. When you get an iPhone, when you accept and sign, what you need to do, you need to receive it by opening it and use the future, I mean the features inside of it. So a person can come to a point of spiritual awakening. In other words, he come to a point where he know God. He has come to acknowledge that, oh, I'm a sinful person. I need repentance. That is spiritual awakening. It doesn't mean that he take the next step. I, I see that the person can even come along to church but not have Christ inside of him. The Bible told us about regeneration. It is in Christ that we are regenerated. A person can accept and not receive because to accept is you, you may not agree with the person. Are you with me now? Are you with me now? But a person who has come to a point of, 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 of awakening, he knows that he's, he's a, he, I mean, he has been sinning and then he needs help and, I mean, from God. The same thing is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says it is the Holy Spirit that convicts the world of their sin. And then he convicts us of our righteousness of our righteousness. So a person you and I, we are in Christ Jesus. We are built up in him. We are rooted in him. We are being regenerated. Somebody shout glory. John chapter 1 and verse 11 and 12. Be a, a possessor, not a professor. Many can profess but they have nothing. They have no life instead of John. John, I mean instead of them. John chapter 1 and verse 11 and 12. I'm reading here. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many who receive him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Are you seeing that now? Believe is eating inside receiving. You can accept a thing and not agree with the person. But never, when you receive a thing, you accept the thing, you submit the thing, come into possession of that thing. Somebody shout, Amen. Shout amen. Give me John chapter 6 and verse 41 to 42. The message. You have to be fast with me. Oh. I read here. The Jews then complained about him. Because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said to him, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How then can he not come now and say that uh, he came down from heaven? You see that now? This is the gathering of sea finish. Those who see finish. There are some people in your life, they are sea finish because they have seen you finish. You see that now? He came to his own, to his father's house. They accepted him as their own son, but they rejected his spirit. The life that he came to. So it's one thing to accept, it's another thing to receive. Shout amen. Shout amen. To accept Jesus is to acknowledge that he is who he is. But to receive Jesus, his life is to accept who he is. Is to submit to him, to believe and to trust on the sacrifice and his finished work. And then you come into possession of. That's why we, the Bible says we are seated in Christ, in heavenly places, inside Christ. We died. Our life is inside Christ, inside God. We have a double position. We are in Christ, in God. We are in God, God. 
Shout amen. So it is one thing to profess salvation. I have salvation. It is another thing to possess it. To possess it. Titus chapter 1 and verse 16. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Are you with me? Is it making sense? Oh. Titus chapter 1 verse 16. They profess to know God, but in their works, they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. You see that now? They profess with their mouth, but they deny his power. Look at him. They deny him. They profess. They accept. They are doing follow me, follow me. You remember, there are so many people that are Mario. How many of you know Mario? You play Mario? That game called Mario. Follow me, follow me. Some people are Mario. You follow, you don't follow, you follow, you follow. They profess, but in works, they deny him. Oh, give me 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5. Second Timothy, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people, turn away. They have a form of godliness. They know God. In fact, they accept him. But guess what? Everything, every, the works that he came to do, they rejected him. They rejected his life. But they are following him. They came and they saw tires among the wheat and went his way. Yes. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tires also came up. You see that now? The good seed came up. Tires too came up. Next. So the servant of the owner came and said to him, he said, sir, sir, did you know so good seed in this your, seed, in your field? Nest. How then does it, how then does it have tires? Nest. He said to them, an enemy has done this, not me. You see that now? He said, God is angry with me. No, God does not do that. God is not in the DNA of God. He does not do that. God does not plant evil. God does not do evil. Look at it. Jesus said, it is the enemy. Why? Because men went into reverse mode. Went into, into sleeping, chilling mode. The servant said to him, do you want us to go and pluck and gather them up? He said to them, no. He said, no. No, 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 no. no. He said, leave them. He said, less. If you gather them up, the tars also will uproot the wheat with them. He said, let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, follow this carefully. First, gather the tars. Bind them in the bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Are you seeing this now? Are you seeing this now? There's a good seed that was planted and then it produced good fruit. Then as it was planted, something called tires will also grow up with him. Tires sometimes, you call it weed. When you go to farm, if, you have, if you're a farmer before, you've been to farm, you see that when a good seed is planted, you see after a while, as it shoots up, you can only see the blade, but you don't know what is going on under the ground. Only God knows how the seed grows in the ground. Oh, are you following me now? Are you following me now? Before you know, weed that you did not plant will now begin to grow with it. But you see that if you go and begin to weed them, you, you, have you not discovered that, for example, if you are, if you are planting rice before, after a while, you see weed come out. If you are not careful, if you are not skilled in, in agriculture, you will see the weed, they look exactly like the rice. Am I correct? You will not even know. You, in fact, you remove the rice, you think it's, and leave the weed, and leave the tires. Are you with me now? Have you been, if you now go to a, to a, to a wheat farm, it's even the worst. Tires, you, 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 you cannot differentiate between the correct seed and the, just like we have the fake and we have the original. You cannot differentiate. In other words, tires in scripture means camouflage. They are camouflage. They look alike. They are look alike. 
They are chameleon in nature. They try to camouflage themselves onto the environment, but they are not, they are not the thing. That is why, even as a Christian, you must beware. The Bible says, watch out for them, look, look for them. He said, identify them and cut them out. There are tires around. They are camouflaged. They will look like the real thing, but they are not the real thing. Some friends may come pretending, but they have motives, dangerous motives inside of them. Have a discerning spirit, the Bible told us. Are you with me now? So tires, they are counterfeit Christians. They look, they look like they look like Christians. They are look alike. In fact, the Bible called them false brethren. False brethren. Those who trust in Jesus and say that Jesus is not enough, let us add something. They are false brethren, false apostles, false prophet. The Bible talked about that. He said, as his child who possess salvation, you have to watch out for such kind of people. Are you with me? You have to watch out for such kind of people. They, they, they may even be in church, but they are not called of his own. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21 and 22. 23, I think. Yes, Matthew 7. Not everyone who said to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the realm of the heaven's kingdom. Yes. It is only those who persist in doing the will of my heavenly father. Next. On the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Ah, uh -uh, is it not me, your son? Didn't you pro we prophesy in your name? In the name of Jesus, we cast out demons in your name. Jesus will say, didn't we? I mean, next verse, Jesus will say, but I mean, but I will have to say to them, go away from me, you lawless rebel. I have, you, I have never been joined with you. Are you seeing that now? It is one thing to accept. It is one thing to receive. It is one thing to receive. There was a man in scripture. In fact, he was associated with Jesus Christ. His name was Judas Iscariot. Are you with me now? Give me John chapter 6. Jesus was teaching and was preaching to the people. In fact, he, he, after he, he has taught and he has preached, he fed about 5,000 of them. Are you with me now? Are you following me now? He fed the 5,000. After he finished, Jesus went to that city. Those 5,000, they began to look for Jesus about. Where is Jesus? Abba, where are you now? We want more of you. And they came to Jesus. Jesus said, I know the reason why you are looking for me. You did not come to look for me because of the bread of life that I come to give you. You are looking for me because of the bread, the loaves of bread that you eat. Look at it. Not because you saw the signs, you, but because you ate of the loaves that you, and you were fed. They were looking for Jesus because of the bread they will get. They turned Jesus to ATM machine. They turned him to ATM machine. I, I get, I get, I get. They are never giving anything. Praise God. So it is very clear that some people follow him. If I will record it, give me, the next, I mean, 64, I think, 64 to 71. But there are some of you who do not believe. Look at it. Jesus himself was testifying. There are some of you. You accepted but you did not receive by believing. Jesus knew from the beginning who they were from the beginning. Those who did not believe and those who would betray him. Not all that comes to Christ knows him. Are you with me next? Give me the next verse. From that time, many of the disciples, they went back and they walked with him no more. Look at it. The 72, they, they were following Jesus, getting bread, bread, bread. Just one word, Jesus told, told them. Just one word. They turned back. They left Jesus. 
Somebody will say, ah, such kind of people, they believe in Jesus. No, they accepted Jesus. They never received his life. They were just following him because of what they are going to get. Are you, are you following me now? If you look at the screen, next verse, give me the next verse. Jesus turned to his apostle. He said to them, he said, do you want to follow, do you want to, you too? Do you want to leave me? Do you want to forsake me? Do you want to follow this one too? He said, go, go ahead and do that. But Peter, Simon Peter answered him. He said, no, Lord, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Next. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Next. Jesus quickly answered. Look at it. Peter had a very long theology. He said, ah, we that we are the apostles of Jesus. We have been following you. We are following you. We know you. We have, ah, we have surrendered our life. Jesus said, no. He said, no. Look at it. He said, it's not me that chose you. I chose you. The twelve. He said, one of you is the devil. What, what, what a word. Go back, go back, go back. I'm shocked. Go back. I'm shocked at what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is calling one of his disciples a devil. Impossible. The Bible says God loves us. We have the, the, the love of the Father. He loves us. Are you with me now? But Jesus is calling one of his disciples devil. If he was his disciple, it is impossible for him, for him to call him. Look at it. It's very clear that this guy called Judas Iscariot is not of God because Jesus called him the devil. Oh, are you with me now? Are you with me? Sorry, shout glory. So he shot glory. So the question is, did Judas Iscariot lose his, lose his salvation? Because some people believe that Judas Iscariot lost his salvation because he was in Christ. Look at him. Jesus confirmed. He said that one of you is a devil. He's talking about Judas Iscariot. He said Judas was never with me. He was never of me. He was just following. He was a Mario. But he was never of him. He was a camouflage. But because of the, because of the prophecy that it might be fulfilled, are you with me now? Give me John chapter 12 and verse 3 through 4. Judas Iscariot was following Jesus. He had nothing to say. When they are saying good things, things that matters, he, was, he has nothing to say. But when it came to the issue of money, ah, this guy is professional. Look at it. Then Mary took about a, pan, a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on the feet of Jesus. Look at it. She honored Jesus with expensive uh, with with, with perfume and then she wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume but one of his disciples Jesus Iscariot who was later to betray him objected why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor it was not, it was what a year's wage you see that now he did not say this because he cared about the poor but because he was a thief you see that now the only time he talked, when they were miracle, when they were preaching the gospel, he had nothing to say. Now the only time he talked is about money. It's about money. It's about money. He objected. He objected. He was a covetous man. Nobody suspected him. He was a hypocrite. He was a camouflage among their brethren. Did he receive Christ? No. He, 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 no. He only accepted. He only accepted. John chapter 17 and 6. Praise God. I say praise God. John 17 and verse 6. I have manifested your name of, unto men whom you have given me out of the word. They were yours. You gave them to me and I have, they have kept your word. Verse 12 now. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. 
those whom you have given to me, I have kept them. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition. Look at it. The son of perdition. Another name that was used here, the Antichrist. Remember, the Antichrist is the son of perdition. The son of perdition. Praise God. And the son of perdition, perdition there, it means never, I mean eternal death, eternal death. Remember, we have eternal life. Those who are with Christ have eternal life. But those who are never with Christ, they have, look at the Bible, Jesus made clear, son of perdition, eternal death. Eternal death. Amen. Amen. So it doesn't matter. This guy called Judas Gerard, he was a camouflage. He was a false brethren. The Bible said we should beware of them. He was going about doing his things. But guess what? This guy never received the life of Christ. Matthew was an, was an apostle of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Matthew was a tax collector. He was a notorious swindler. He was harsh puppy of his time. But the Bible recorded that he, when he as was following Christ, he received the the life of Christ and his life was changed. Peter was a sinner. He denied Jesus three times. But as he opened up himself to Christ, the life of Christ came into him. Uh, Simon the Zealot, he was a Boko Haram of his time. He was a fanatic, but he received the life of Christ. But Judas Iscariot, because it was never of him, he only accepted. He never received him. Look at what happened to him. He was a devil. He was a camouflage. He never repented. And the question is, if this guy had enough time, enough time, like the thief on the cross of Calvary, he had enough time, but he, he has made up his mind. Lastly, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 11. Look at what happened. This guy, did he repent? Did he repent? Yes, but he repented to himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10. For godly sorrow produces repentance. A godly sorrow produces repentance that is leading to what? To salvation. Not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. You see that now? God, he, he produces death. So he repented to himself. He repented to himself. He believed, I mean, he accepted Christ, but he was never with Christ. He was never of Christ. A person can have a ministry, you can have a position, but you don't have spiritual connection. But God, from in time immemorial, he has ordained us to ensure that we are in it. But you can tell if you are saved. You can tell and God can tell. And how can you tell that you are saved? How can you tell that you possess salvation? Give me John. I mean, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19. How can you tell that you possess salvation? Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God sounds sure. Having the seal of the Lord, God knows those who are of ease. Let everyone who is named of Christ, let him depart from any iniquity. So God knows that you possess salvation. You yourself, you've got to know. John chapter 20 and verse 31. John chapter 20 and verse 31. You have to know. And how do you know that you possess salvation? And your salvation is sure and sure forever. 
John 20, 31. By these are written that you may believe if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Next, and that believing you have his life, you have his life, not his breath, but you have his life inside of you. You've got to be confident that your salvation is forever. You possess salvation. You've got to be confident. Identify those who are not of God. For those ones, we try to camouflage and to shift you away from God. But you've got to stand strong. Glory, hallelujah. If you know that you possess salvation, jump up onto your feet and shout glory unto God. 